Hey everybody, welcome to episode 141 of the Metal Detecting Show podcast. My name is Kieran, and I have been metal detecting for the last 30 years. This week, we chat about pinpointing. So let's get on with the show. Hey everybody, like I said, this week we're chatting about pinpointing. Why are we chatting about pinpointing? Well, last week we chatted about coils and I did happen to mention the wiggle method and that got me thinking, is there anything else I can add to the pinpointing conversation? So here we are. So we're talking about pinpointing here, not pinpointers. That deserves a whole other episode in its own right. And that's because pinpointers have come a long way since I purchased my Garrett Pro Pointer 2 all those years ago. They have Bluetooth now, they have Wi-Fi now, they can interact with your detector, they have vibration functions, some of them even have lights, most of them are waterproof. You can see why they deserve a whole other episode on their own. So it's not pinpointers, it's pinpointing. And that's the activity of locating the target in the ground before you even dig a hole. Now, we will talk about digging the hole and what to do if you're pinpointing when you dug a hole. However, pinpointing is the act of locating the target in the ground before or during the dig of the hole. The whole point of pinpointing is to set you up for a quick retrieval. And that's the first topic I'm going to talk about. How pinpointing can have a huge effect on how much ground you can cover in a day, especially if your pinpointing is inefficient. So think about it. Say you're going out on a hunt and you decide, right, I am not coming home till I've dug 100 holes. And there's some of you out there like that. You will keep going till you've dug 100 holes. Now, looking at the pinpointing portion of that hunt, say you do dig 100 holes and it takes you two minutes to retrieve a target. You're talking about 200 minutes in your day spent retrieving that target. That's three hours, 20 minutes of a day. No matter how long it takes you to dig those 100 holes, it's three hours, 20 minutes of that time is spent in retrieving the find. Now, imagine if you can cut that retrieval time down to, say, one minute. You're looking at 100 minutes, which is one hour, 40 minutes. So if you look at the difference between 100 holes at two minutes and 100 holes at one minute, obviously it's half. So you're saving one hour, 40 minutes in your day's hunting time by being more efficient in your retrieval process or your pinpointing activity. Think how much ground you could cover in one hour, 40 minutes. Obviously, I'm not talking about the time taken in between targets to find those targets. Now, Let's just flip it on its head a little bit and say, right, you only have four hours to go hunting because that's that's the situation a lot of us find ourselves in. You know, we're between our honeydew jobs or we're between collecting the kids from school and all this sort of stuff. So we may only get four hours to hunt. We may only get two hours to hunt some days. I know some days I only get two hours to hunt, but you may be lucky enough and have four hours to hunt. How would that improvement impact those four hours? So in this scenario, let's say you had a good day and in four hours you've dug 50 holes. Now, that might be 
might be low it might even be high you know it depends on where you're hunting and, and you know what type of field or beach you're on you, you get the idea but just say for argument's sake that you hit 50 holes your retrieval process takes two minutes that's obviously a hundred minutes or an hour and 40 minutes but in your four hour day that hour and 40 minutes actually equals 42 percent of your day nearly half your day you're spending in target retrieval that's quite a lot of your time just digging up those targets. Now, let's say, again, you can get that down to one minute. That reduces your retrieval time from one hour 40 to 50 minutes, to 50 minutes, which is really only 21% of your day. So 21% of your day or your four hours is spent in target retrieval. That may be acceptable too. You may even be able to fine tune it and get it down to 45 seconds or 30 seconds if you're lucky enough. But the whole point is here is that you need to be conscious and you need to be aware of how it's affecting your overall performance in a day. How often have you seen other metal detectors out hunting and they're swinging like maniacs going from target to target, running, nearly running the fields, trying to get from target to target in an effort to cover more ground? But yet, when they find a target, they spend an age digging up that target, trying to find it because they're in a rush. They're not taking their time to be conscientious of their process and to understand how rushing around is having a negative impact to their hunting. Never mind the fact that they're rushing and their swing is going to be all over the place and not overlapping. But that's a story for a different episode. But let's stick to the pinpointing piece of it. So you see them. They find a target, they wave over it, they try to pinpoint with their coil, then they switch to pinpointing mode, they wave over it again and then they isolate the target even more in the ground. Then they get their shovel out and dig a huge hole around the target and flip over that clod. Then they wave the coil around trying to decide which side it's on, is it in the hole or in the plug. Then they take out their pinpointer and try and find it. And then there's this whole palava, this whole dance over and over again, totally inefficient, totally messy. And we're going to talk about how you can improve on that process. If you take anything away from this episode, it's the following quote from Stephen R. Covey. And it's used by the Navy SEALs and it is fast is slow, slow is fast. And what this means for you as a detectorist is. By going slow and being deliberate, so your swing is overlapping, when you get to that pinpoint situation, you're taking your time, you're really understanding where that target is under the coil, you're taking your time, and you're being deliberate in your actions. You know, it might feel like you're going slower, but overall, the savings in your efficiency is going to accumulate over time to result in you covering more ground ultimately. So let's get into some techniques that you can use when pinpointing to help you gain efficiency in your retrieval process. The first point is slow down. Like I said, fast is slow, slow is fast. Slow down, be deliberate in your retrieval activities. This does two things. One, it allows your brain to process where the find is or the target is in the ground as you swing slowly from left to right but also it creates muscle memory in your body that as you get used to it you can slowly increase the speed of that later on down the road 
So, so the first rule of thumb is slow down, take your time. If you attack a target or attack the process of pinpointing a target with speed, you're going to have trouble pinpointing where that target is on the ground. And you're going to find that either the target is off to the side of the hole or not even in the hole at all that you've been waving around the coil so much that you can't actually identify accurately where that target is. Also, make sure your coil is parallel to the ground because if your coil is kicking up anywhere in the pinpointing process, that this may pick up that target off to the side when the target is not directly under the coil. So just be aware of that. Position yourself in front of the target and wave your coil slowly and parallel to the ground over where you think that target is. And remember, you don't actually have to know exactly where it is under the coil. You just have to know that it's under the coil. So as you're pinpointing, you need to be aware that your first step is just to identify an area about the size of your coil where that target is. You don't have to be exact. You can look at it and go, okay, I think it's there. So I'm going to put my coil in there because when you go to dig your hole or use your sand scoop, that is generally going to pull out a plug the size of your coil. Unless you're one of these ninjas that can go pinpoint a coin in the ground and pop it out with a long screwdriver. I've seen those guys. They're pretty impressive to watch, but I'm not one of those guys. And the vast majority of us aren't. So remember, your hole should be about the size of your coil head. And if you have a six inch coil, that rings true too. If you have a smaller coil head, you should be able to pinpoint that target to a smaller area on the top of the ground. So you're only looking at the top surface of the ground right now. So all you have to do is to pinpoint that target to somewhere underneath your coil to the size of that coil head. The next thing to pay attention to, but only if your detector has a depth gauge, is how deep that target is looking in the ground. Remember, the goal here is to be quick. So if you can understand the depth that that target is at, you don't need to be digging three, four inches under that target to make sure you get it out because that's just all extra work that you have to put in back to filling your hole. So if you look at your depth detector, I know most of them come in two inch increments and you see that it's six inches. Aim to dig a hole eight inches to get underneath it. You know, that can account for some sensitivity adjustments. If it's under the surface two inches, don't go digging a big plug when the depth indicator indicates that it's two inches or just under the surface. Because when you flip that plug over, it's going to be at the top of the plug, which now will be at the bottom of the plug. And when you wave your detector over, it may indicate now that it's eight or 10 inches deep because you dug a 10 inch or even a 12 inch plug and flipped it out on top. That's happened to me a few times. So just be aware, look at, your look at your depth gauge and dig a hole according to the depth gauge. Now, there will be times where it'll say it's eight inches and it's a big, huge target and it's 12 inches in the ground. That's fine. They're all edge cases or it may even be smaller. It might say four inches and you might find, OK, that it was in the top two inches of the soil. That's fine, too. But use your depth gauge to streamline your retrieval process because you don't want to be digging out too much soil. Too much soil dug out means you have more work to do to tidy up afterwards. So you've pinpointed to the area of the size of your coil. You've dug your plug to that size. You flip out your plug. Now you have two areas to check. You've got the plug and you've got the hole. So logically, if not in A, it's going to be in B. So 
you wave your coil around, you identify, okay, that's in the plug. So you, you can take steps from that point or you can identify that it's in the hole. Your goal is to get it into the plug or into the first sand scoop. You don't want to be going back for a second dig. The goal is to get it into the first plug. However, if it's not, it may still be in the hole. A top tip that I use is if the target is still in the hole and it's not in the plug, I tend to kick up the back of my coil, making sure it's parallel to the shaft of the detector. So it's it's essentially straight on and I can stick the coil into the hole and identify which side of the hole that that find may be. It may be in the very center of the bottom, but that will be identified. So kick up the back of your coil, stick it in the hole, wave it around, and you should be able to identify which side of the hole it's in. I do this for two reasons. One, it's going to speed up where I have to go in and put my second shovel into it. And two, it highlights where the target may be, which means that when I go in with a surgical dig, I am not in danger of hitting that find and damaging it in the retrieval process. So, like I said, your goal is to get it out in the plug in one dig to max. Now, if you find that you're not getting it out of the hole in two digs, you need to look at your pinpointing process. And this is the same for beach detecting. You go in with your scoop, you flop it out onto the top of the sand. And if it's in the plug, you are lucky enough that you can actually just kick the plug across the sand, spread that dirt out and quickly isolate where that target is. However, if you have to go again in with your sand scoop into the beach, there's a price you have to pay because generally there's water coming in and that hole is collapsing in on itself. So you always have to try and get it in the first, if not the second scoop. If you're into a situation where you're third or fourth scoop in it, you have a problem as well with your pinpointing technique. Other indicators that you will see if you have a problem pinpointing. The first one is the size of your hole. If you have a tendency, you may be doing this unconsciously for digging a huge hole around your target. That's you unconsciously adjusting for your bad pinpointing technique. You're digging up a huge hole. Of course, you're guaranteed to get it out on the first try. If your plug hole tends to be bigger than your coil size, you may have a problem. If you're digging the hole and more than half the targets ended up in the side of the hole, you may have a problem. If you're digging and it's not in the hole of the hole, you definitely have a problem. So what do you do if you find that you may have a problem? Or if you're digging and it's just taking you ages to find the target, you may have a problem. Now, there is edge cases. We all have those BB-sized targets that take bloody ages and are so frustrating to find. But they're setting off the detector, they're setting off your pinpointer, they're setting off everything, but you just can't see them in the ground. I always say that's down more to old age than it is to um, bad pinpointing technique, but they are edge cases. But if you find that it's just taking you ages to retrieve a target, be it you're getting down your, oh, your old man river, digging out, you need some pinpointing rehab. What to do if you need some pinpointing rehab? First things first is understand your detector. Every detector is different, even detectors of the same brand and the same model. They all behave a little bit differently. Understand where your coil's sweet spot is and the double D coil, it's normally somewhere on the coil's overlap. On a concentric coil, it's normally somewhere in the cone, but there's no guarantee that it's going to be directly in front of your shaft. 
So spend some time understanding where the sweet spot of your coil is. Also understand how some features may be tripping you up in your pinpointing technique. For example, response and recovery. If you have your response or recovery too high, that can adjust the tone to shorten that tone length, making it very difficult for you to pinpoint when you wave your coil over that target in the ground. So just be cognizant of how those features can affect how you pinpoint that target. That's the first step in your pinpointer rehab is to learn your detector and understand your coil's sweet spots and any features that may be affecting your pinpointing technique. The next step is, again, fast is slow, slow is fast, slow down. Your swing technique gets you to that target, so we're not talking about that. But when you get to the target, irrespective of how fast you swing your coil or whatever, just slow right down. Wave your coil over the target area and identify to a high probability where that target is in the ground. Fast is slow, slow is fast. Remember that. Once you can understand your detector, understand the sweet spot, slow down to understand where those targets are being pinpointed in the ground, the speed will come and you will pass your pinpointing rehab. And once you've got those techniques down, you can start looking at the overall process and start removing some unnecessary steps such as using pinpoint mode on your actual metal detector you either have a portable pinpointer in your pocket or you use pinpoint mode on your metal detector the only time i use pinpoint mode on my detector is when i have a niffy target and then i can flip on pinpoint mode it's almost like profile swapping because pinpoint mode is all metal mode and that means that if I have an iffy target and I can pinpoint over it, one, I know that there's a target there because it is a scratchy iffy tone, I'm not sure. And two, it gives me an indication of whether I want to retrieve that or not. So pinpoint mode is good again for edge cases. But if you're carrying a pinpointer, you don't need to be using pinpoint mode. And I see people going, identify a target, narrow it down, dig the plug, check each the plug and the hole, then go in pinpoint mode, check again, then go down the pinpointer. So that's an unnecessary step that you need to remove from your process. And if you ask me and be totally honest about it, I actually think pinpoint mode on the detector is a bit of a scam, bit of a marketing ploy to add extra features to a detector that are not necessarily necessary. But let me know if you use pinpoint mode for something else or if you find it beneficial. I'll be more than happy to hear about that. So remember, the goal here is to speed up your retrieval process and anything you can remove from it will result in more ground covered at the end of the day. More ground covered means more targets. More targets means more good finds. There's a huge knock on effect here in your pinpointing. The last thing I want you to cut out or at least reduce is in the field researching after you've retrieved the target. Now, this is not necessarily pinpointing, but it is almost like the end show once you've retrieved that target. So you've retrieved the target. You're looking at it to see what it is. It may be something great. It may be just trash, but you do spend a bit of time looking at it. And I have seen people looking at that target and going, oh, I better Google that to see what that is. No, 
all you need to be doing is looking at it going, does this go into the trash section of my pouch? Does it go into the general section of my pouch? Or do I put it in with my potential good finds section of my pouch? That's all you need to be doing. And that should only take you 10 to 15 seconds. That may be a bit controversial, but while you're looking at your latest find with all your buddies in a big circle jerk of looking, oh, isn't that great? Oh, I think it's this. I think it might be this. I'm off covering more ground and I'm going to research that find later on. You are doing yourself no favors by getting into researching that find in the field. Save it for later. A little clean and having a look at it and a bit of a, a question about it is fine. But getting down to that real mastication around what it is. This is more evident when you're out with, with your buddies and stuff. But just be aware, the more time you spend chatting about it, the less time you have on the hunt. So retrieve it, identify if it's a good target and then stick it in your pocket. That's it. And move on. Keep going. I've been quoted as saying, and I, I still very much believe in this, is that there's nothing better than a great find to ruin your day out metal detecting. I have done it. In fact, I get so bad. My whole brain just focuses on it. And I end up having to leave the hunt and go home and research that find because I just find something amazing and I'm like, I'm done. I can't even focus on the swing. I am done. So bin it or stick it in your pocket. That's it. And move on and research it when you get home. So just to recap before we wrap up. Know your detector, know your coil sweet spots and know what features on your detector will affect your pinpointing such as response and recovery. If you're not sure of the sweet spot, use the wiggle method to figure out where that target is in the ground. Assess whether your pinpointing technique is up to par. In other words, is it taking you too long? Is the target in the side of the hole? Or are you subconsciously digging a bigger hole than you need to? And if you answer yes to any of them, remember, fast is slow, slow is fast. Slow down, take it a step at a time and be deliberate with your actions in pinpointing and retrieval. Finally, don't spend all day looking at what you just dug up. Look at it, categorize it and put it away and then get on to the next one. If you do all those steps or at least are aware of all those steps, you will at least have 20% more ground coverage in your day's hunt be it a two-hour hunt, a four-hour hunt, or if you're going for that elusive 100 targets in a day. So that's it, guys. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Metal Detecting Show podcast. My name is Kieran. I have been detecting for the last 30 years. You can check me out on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. I'm in all the social media platforms, except I'm terrible at it. <laughs> so you may see me there, but you won't see much coming from me. But... If you do see me there, reach out, pop into my DMs, say hello. I love chatting tea. We haven't had a few questions for Dr. Detector in a while, so reach out to Dr. Detector if you have any questions. Let me know if there's any topics you wish me to cover. I'm more than happy to answer those questions that you may have in an episode because I have those same questions myself. Remember, I may have been detecting for 30 years, but I've only really been taking it seriously for the last five or six years. And if there's any topic you wish me to cover from an advanced point of view, 
let me know. I'm more than happy to put the work in to research those topics, to break them down into a simpler format for all of us to digest. And in, in that way, then we all get better at becoming better detectorists. That's it, guys. Get out there. Good luck and happy hunting.